Hey, thank you guys for tuning back in to After the Sermon Ends, where we know that once the monologue ends, that's when the questions begin. Mm-hmm. Uh, once that uh, the the monologue in the dark ends, yeah, <laughs> foreshadow, yeah. foreshadow. Yeah, uh, the questions definitely just just begin. Um, so we're sitting here with Marcus. We're sitting here with Jared. We mm-hmm. we got the team back in action. Again, together, yeah. Jared, he missed out. He was at a conference. How yeah. was that conference, by the way? It was great. It was a great time. Mm. Big, uh, big learnings for me. Lots of notes. So it was good. It was really good. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. So the audience would love to know uh-huh. the recap of the sermon. Yeah, this was a big one. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, Ephesians five eleven through twenty one. The middle of it, verse 14, was really the the focal point um, where Paul says, therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The ebb and the flow of this chapter especially has been walk in love, don't walk in the darkness, mm. walk in the light as children of the light, don't walk in darkness, walk... Walk this way as imitators of God, as children of God because of Jesus. Don't walk this way. Don't walk this with the sons of disobedience in the darkness. This, the ebb and the flow has kind of been this way. And now um, this is a pretty big section that talks a lot about how unfruitful the works of darkness are. And then even listing out um, some things to stay away from and and reasons why to stay away from them. And I, and I love kind of that, like I mentioned, the focal point of awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The way that I saw that broken down is it's a call, it's a command, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a call, it's a command, and it's a promise. Mm. Um, we see that played out in Paul's conversion. We talked a lot about, about that, how... Um, actually, I didn't spend as much time on that as I wanted to, but um, how Paul was called uh, miraculously on the road to Damascus. He was given a command to rise and go, and then he was promised that mm. God promised him that he would be with him, that he would give him what he needed to to reach the Gentiles. And um, we see this, I see this in my own life, I see this in the life of other Christians where there's that call yeah. where, where God wakes us up and then there's a command to, to rise, you know, mm. and, and walk and, and live in walking in the light, live in the light, and then walking out that in that promise and being secure in the fact that that He is with you um, mm. and His Spirit is inside of you. So, yeah, and, and we unpacked a lot of a, a lot of things. There's some some hot topics in this <laughs> in this section, but um, the the premise was again, Paul is telling us don't don't walk in the darkness, walk in the light. So. Mm. Yeah, that's that's just so good. Um, Man, I would I would love to to hit on your first point of just talking about Bluey. Mm-hmm. That uh, TV episode is it on Netflix. <clears throat> it is okay. So I mean, I don't I don't even know what what it, I never watched the TV show or anything. Yeah, it's a great it's a great. Uh, you probably haven't either, have you? No. Yeah, your kids are older. Yeah, and more astute. Sure. They they like to read. Right. Yeah, they love reading. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because they have glasses. Right. They like Mason to read. Mason reads, doesn't he? Or no? Both of them read, but they don't like it. Mason likes it more than John. 
but none of them are like they don't come home and they're like, "Let me read right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like their dad. Their dad does that though. Mm, I read, loves to read. Avid, bit. avid reader. Avid reader. Um, re- readers are leaders. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Bluey is a is a show that we actually really liked. It's an Australian produced, um, animated, yeah, children's uh, hmm. show. And it's pretty new, a couple years old, I think. And they just came out with a second season. They got a bunch of episodes in there. Okay. And there's some good lessons. And um, honestly, the dad is uh, really a fun character to kind of watch. You know, walk through. It's a it's a family of dogs. But anyway, the apparently in one of the most recent episodes, and I haven't seen this firsthand. I was told this right before I yeah. preached, which is always dangerous. By right, the way. right, right. Don't don't put something in. My my head is uh, pretty transparent. It just comes right out. So, yeah. especially if I get anyway, Bluey. <laughs> I love the show. Somebody told me that two men were married in one of the episodes, and mm. they were glorifying homosexual um, homosexuality and and gay marriage. Which I even hesitate to use that term marriage with yeah. um, gay to describe it because that's not what we believe marriage is mm-hmm. biblically and so in it just rocked me right because this is a show that i have vetted um but i vetted the first season um and my wife man i don't have time to sit down and watch all these shows but my wife and i kind of tag team like hey and then we read articles like is this okay for the kids type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and then second season 50 something episodes in whatever it's like yeah we're gonna drop this in and sneak one by you and try to, you know, indoctrinate like this is. So for me, when Paul writes here uh, in verse, where does he talk about verse 13? No, actually verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Mm. Um, That just hit me in that verse. You know, sometimes we hesitate to expose something that is dark because we're fearful of, yeah. appearing judgmental mm-hmm. or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And it hit me when I read that Sunday night. We got to expose this stuff. You know, we've got to warn one, we got to warn other parents that are going to let their kids um, watch things that are untrue and, and um, in direct opposition with what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, we've got to call it out for what it is. Yeah. Paul says, don't don't take any part and mm. expose it. Mm. Um, so I, I was challenged by that, and I threw Bluey under the bus. <laughs> so was it two two male dogs that that were being married? That's yeah, that's what I understand. Yeah. Wow. All right. It's it's so interesting when um, you know in these shows where like in real life dogs don't get married, and I know it's a mm-hmm. a cartoon, but yeah. You know, like why do we why do we feel the need to sexualize and um, almost humanize non human things? You mm-hmm. know, it, like um, like Bert and Ernie, they were there was this like big push to say that that they were homosexuals and stuff like that a few years ago, um, which you know whatever. But I thought they were brothers, right? You know, <laughs> but either way, there is they're they're cartoons, yeah, they're, like. We don't need to to sexualize it. We don't, but mm. that's that's the society and the day that we live in, right? Um, yeah. And and to that to that point, um, I think that there's 
there's something like we can't we can't put our kids in a bubble. Yeah. But right. we should um, control their not control in a, in a negative sense, but ju- I guess maybe filter their interactions with mm. um, with the world. Yeah. Like you know, I've I have two boys, so I'm, I'm I try to stay. Um, aware of what men I bring around my mm-hmm. boys because you know they're they're looking up to to me and to the people that I bring around so if it's if there's a man who you know isn't doesn't live consistently with um with scripture mm. then you know I I'm not going to I'm not going to shun him but I am going to explain to my boys hey you know this isn't right hey this is why they act like that or if we're watching a show to your point Jared yeah um, we're gonna we're gonna talk through some uh, some things right. because I don't know if you guys have watched like any TV lately, but I don't know what the um, FCC or whoever controls what words are allowed to be said in movies and stuff that right. that air yeah. publicly. But right. my goodness, yeah, I'm watching like um, like just r- like shows and regular mm-hmm. movies and the things that come out. I'm like, they're allowed to say that on TV, right? Like, yeah. what? I know. How yeah. does that happen? <laughs> That's so crazy because I feel like it's showing our age because like yeah. back when movies happened um, and they aired it on when they aired it on cable that it was like TV cussing it was yeah. like mother lover yeah. like you know what I'm saying yeah. like, they like blanked it yeah. out and and now it's like I'm gonna kick your butt fool yeah right <laughs> that's what you right. got yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just crazy to see like. Mm, Netflix has like, now we're just going on whole, this whole tangent now, but like <laughs> I thought that was the point. <laughs> Netflix has just like, for me, my perspective, it has lost its original intent of what it was, and that was just like a place of just showing movies. Now they made their own movies, yeah, and rated it, or their own TV shows, and they rated it, and now it's like TV fourteen, and like I'm just blown away of just what's you know said yeah or shown on the tv 14 rating and i'm like this is supposed to be for 14 year olds and this is blowing my mind right now like they're introducing words that i've never heard before like they're introduced actions and so like just to to agree with you love just like media has its indoctrination even at such an early age and it's making things normalized um they they had like a same sex, same sex uh, marriage on auth- author, and that's like that's like they the just show that we grew that. up on. They just, they just stopped uh, airing it. Mm. Um, I don't think that that's why. It, yeah. it just like came to a conclusion, I guess. But I didn't know that they had a same sex marriage on there. Yeah, um, and then on the historic, that movie like the historic, they they had a couple like same sex yeah. um, couple on there. It, I mean, it was nothing big. It was kind of just like a really like quick scene, quick shot. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just, it's just interesting though, to see like how our culture is exposing, um, our young, young people and just making it very normalized. Um, and so just what Jared said, just like, Hey, we just need to expose those, those wickedness and kind of just like, um, don't let our, the generation after us think like, Hey, this is okay. Right. Right. Um, just because they the the media is pushing it out there i think um one of the one of the easiest ways to expose 
the unfruitful works of darkness is to um, is to uh, take no part in them like like Paul is writing here take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them one of the easiest ways don't participate yeah. mm. one of the easiest ways then when your friend asks you when your kids ask you well hey why can't we watch a show hey why don't you come here with us hey why um, mm. aren't you chasing girls anymore why aren't you coming to this party why aren't you drinking why aren't yeah. you doing these things then you then you say you you share why you expose well hey um it's sinful hey uh for me i'm a believer and i believe that this would be a sin against the lord so mm. i don't engage in this right um you know because i think we can be very quick to go get our pitchforks and our uh you know picket fences and, and start protesting you know, and saying, well, Paul said to expose them. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I don't think that, that that's necessarily the worst thing ever, but I do think that it's probably one of the, the least effective um, methods in our day. Mm, for sure, yeah. Um, which, it's, I think it's, it's proving to Jared's point and we're getting into the, the light analogy now, just mm-hmm. transitioning into it of just like it's when a believer starts to now end, um, come to the end of their selves and start to realize like they're now dead to their old ways of life and their own desires or achievements and stuff like that. And realize like once they entered into the school of Jesus Christ, the curriculum is the gospel and they're supposed to learn it. Then that's when like they start walking in the light of like Jared mentioned this verse, I think it was like John three seventeen of just like, hey, like basically the light has come into the world. Um, but the judgment is is that you chose the darkness rather than the light. Mm-hmm. Um and the the point is is well at least the point I got from it is that the culture is very Christianity is very counterculture to the culture. Yeah. Um and mm-hmm. so knowing that when we are, you know, making that shift into walking into the way that God wants us, we're walking out of the darkness and into the light, like it says in First Peter, um, of just like he called us um, out of the darkness into the marvelous light. So, mm-hmm. man, would you just explain more of it, like the, your, your light analogy? And, yeah. Because I think that was just really good. For sure. No, it, it, what, hit, what hit me... Because it, we can get lost in interpreting responsibility, mm-hmm. um, and we have even before on this on this podcast. Yeah, you know? <laughs> what it, where does man's responsibility begin? Where does God's responsibility begin? Yeah. Where do they end? How does that coincide? What and we can get lost in trying to understand that. But what I love about this scripture in particular, mm. when it's talking about walking in light. Paul actually gives us this um, this process. Awake, O sleeper, the call. Mm. Like you, the call comes first. Yeah. Right? Awake, O sleeper. You were asleep in your slumber. You you could not. You needed someone to call out to you mm. to be to be awoken to the light. Then the command comes next. Arise from the dead. Um, st- stand up, mm. walk. You know what does he tell to the paralytic? What does he tell to? We see Jesus in Scripture 
calling people and then commanding them to to then walk and move and breathe and live and yeah. go do you know Adam in 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 Genesis at the very beginning mm. God breathes life into his into his deepest being his his living soul one translation says I believe in Genesis 2 and then the very next thing Adam does is he works and keeps the garden and mm. then and then he names all the livestock and the animals and so there, there's a command after that call. We see it throughout Scripture, and then that we we begin to walk in this mm-hmm. life that we've been given, and, and walk in the light, <clears throat> and we're responsible for that. Mm. That's where I've been convicted that when the light when the light is on, yeah, you know, if I have a flashlight and it's dark around me, and the room is totally dark. The darkness may be completely overwhelming, mm. but it is always powerless to turn the light off. Mm. No matter how overwhelming it is, no matter how scary it is, no matter how much it is, yeah. it's the passive victim to what the light is able to do mm. or chooses to do. The only way the light can go off is if it runs out of batteries, you know, right. if it if it if it goes off. Yeah. It, the darkness can't turn it off. Mm. And so that's where it comes I, I think the essence of what Paul is teaching us here is walk in the light and walk confidently to know that the Holy mm. Spirit's inside of you. Mm. And as you go to him, as you study the scripture, as you as you come to God in prayer, as you worship him in in light of who he is, as you come to the light, yeah. Your your light will not be quenched mm. by the darkness, and we can then go out into the dark, even the darkest places. Right. Um, what a great quote from MLK, right? That uh, help me out. The in the darkest night, the light shines the brightest, or the. Um, I never quote you're talking about. Wasn't that MLK? I can't remember. There's something that's good. In the darkest night, uh, the the star shines the brightest, or the stars shine the brightest. We we'll have to find that later. Um, we don't need to exposit <laughs> that. But the point is, darkness is the passive victim even mm. to what light is able to do. And that's our responsibility. I, yeah. I believe we know where to go for replenishment, for recharging, for, mm-hmm. you know, my son's light under his bed went out because he left it on and he never came to me for what he needed to to give it light right. again. right. Um, we do have that. Those are the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that. I don't know if that answers your question. I don't remember the question. That I would no. You <laughs> you explained. I mean, the light yeah. analogy of just like. <clears throat> um, I lo- I love the way that you put it. Of just like darkness is kind of just like powerless against the light. Yeah. And um, John, I feel like he captures that, and then Paul kind of just like emphasizes it even more. Um, in Ephesians chapter four, mm. um, of just saying, oh, sorry, my bad. Ephesians chapter five. five, when he says, "Now, children, like walk in the light." Yeah. Um, and that knowing that the light is Christ, explained in 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 John chapter one of just saying, like he's saying, like Jesus is the light. Yeah. And then First John just saying that God is the light, and in Him there is no darkness. Yeah. Um. And knowing that Jesus is this light and we walk in this light and it goes along with what Marcus was talking about before um, of just like, hey, how do we know the will of God? Like, how do we know 
you know, what decisions that we do make and stuff like that. And it's, and it's using the word of God as what it is, which is it's a light unto our feet. Right. And it's not, well, we, we want a spotlight basically yeah. of just like, we want to see down the road. We want to spot it out and, and it, for it to illuminate where we're going so that we can see the end result of it. Right. It can be the light at the end of the tunnel, but in a sense, as we are continue to walk in transparency, um, when I mean by walking in transparency, I'm going to go further along with your analogy, Jared, is yeah. that like we were dirty, we were nasty, yeah. and the light came and exposed that, and it's shown in every like nook and cranny yeah. and exposing all of this nastiness just about us. And usually when, when that happens, you know, we want to hide. You know, we want to cover up. We want to be like Adam and Eve and cover up all the mm-hmm. impurities and the flaws. But with the gospel, like, we don't have to do that because there's no more condemnation. Right. And so now we can we can walk in the light with confidence and walk in the, in the Word of God uh, because it is a light unto our feet. And it's just... Um, and I know I feel like I'm, I'm breaking off with two ways here of just, like, explaining, like, the... The word of God is a light into That's our good. feet that he's only just going to allow us to show us, you know, of of like kind of just like the next step. And we trust in him. But at the same, on the flip side, too, is just like we we walk in we walk in the light knowing that God has exposed all of us, like every nook and cranny and that we don't have to hide the sinner that we were because the sinner that is, is gone. Hopefully that makes sense that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm making sense when yeah. I'm saying that. Um, but yeah, that's what, um, the, the ideas and that just popped in my mind when you talked about the light analogy. Yep. Um, that's good. So love it. Sorry to go on that trail, but, um, but then you mentioned this house analogy of just like you, you said that, the light um, in the darkness, um, you know, the, the word of God calls us to be a light um, and salt to the world. Um, and you said how, that is hard to be light in the darkness. But then you flipped it of just saying, like, there's so what, what happens when we're in a culture where there's so much light and then we're in the dark house. Yeah. So would you mind just. Yeah. Going further. For sure. For sure. And I'm trying to find where I. I had that, and I had a quote in my notes. I thought maybe I just made all. Here we go. Yeah, this is Alexander McLaren. Um, I love him, by the way. If you if you can find him, you can find him on Bible Hub. A lot of his his McLaren's exposition on Bible Hub mm. is free, and it's awesome. Um, for those of you that want to go a little deeper, so one his quote on this was riveting to me. Mm. For for many of us, he said the land is flashing in the sunshine, but within our houses there is a midnight darkness. Not because there's not light around, but because the shutters are shut. And he says, brothers and sisters, it, it is a solemn thing to choose the darkness rather than the light. Mm. Um, so going back to our responsibility as Christians, even my, myself as a father and a husband leading my house, mm. you know, it my responsibility is um, what I allow into the home, yeah. you know, and what and what the choices that I make within the home. Mm. And 
the the conversations that we're having in the home and the way that the disciplines that we're establishing and you know I just think about that how many how many different ways um, am I even unconsciously shutting the the blinds shutting mm. the shutters yeah <laughs> and the lights not coming in the the reality is I'm surrounded by great people I have God's blessed us with a, mm. a great community of believers and um, wisdom and people that want to pour into me and my family and um, you know the only uh, uh, maybe not the only way but how many days am I just shutting the shutters and doing my own thing rather yeah. than allowing the light to come in and choosing mm. to even prioritize the mm. light um, rather than just shutting it down and yeah. and closing the doors you know and that to me, that's probably more relevant to our culture today hmm. in the Western world. Hmm. Um, it may be changing sooner than we think, but we have a lot of freedom right now to worship and yeah. to to be in community together. We're hmm. we're surrounded by light in in a yeah. lot of ways, and much different than they were in in these times when Paul is writing to the Ephesians. Hmm. Um, and so the challenge may actually be more on the side of are your shutters shut, hmm. you know, rather than, hey, be the light in the dark places. I'm not saying there's no darkness around us. What I am saying is I am I was challenged this week when I was studying this that hmm. it could very well, my the bigger problem could very well be that I'm actively or inactively, passively shutting the shutters hmm. and, um, and not consuming the light hmm. as much as I can. Yeah. What's your thoughts, Marcus? I see you over there. Pondering. Thoughts. Let your thoughts be known. Yeah, I think to Jared's point, that's why Paul writes, look carefully then how you walk. Yeah. Not as unwise, but as wise. Um, yeah. It, it's something that we need to be um, vigilant about. Mm. Like it's, it's not something that's just going to happen accidentally, um, but it takes intentionality um, and constant reflection and meditation on, on um, you know, how am I living? Mm, am yeah. I living as a child of light, or, or are there areas of my life that are still in darkness? Mm. And um, especially here in the Bible Belt, you know, we've, we haven't done a good job of, of calling people to this higher standard. Mm. Um, you know, it's like there's, at least to me, there's this, there's this dichotomy between um, legalism and um, easy believism. Mm. And Ooh. like there's no space in between where it's like, hey, we know that you're going to mess up because we mess up. We are still sinners, yeah. but we are saved by the grace of God. Yeah. Um, you know, where we're picking each other up. It's like, you know, people are ashamed because they have these these huge failures, big or small, um, and then they stop coming to church. And then, mm. you know, there's people around them talking about them, stuff like that. I don't want to make it sound all bad. There, there are a ton of churches, a ton of places who, yep. are, um, who are really good at, at lifting each other up. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that if, you know, we need to be intentional individually, um, about how we walk, um, but also as as a as local churches, 
we need to to make sure that we're not in this easy, easy believism camp where it's grace, grace, grace. You just mm. live how you want, and no mm. matter what sort of deal. Because Paul says to look carefully yeah. how yeah. you walk, not yeah. live carelessly. That's right. You know, um, so good. But we also can't be like legalism, where yeah. you know if. You do this if you do that. If you wear pants that don't cover your ankles, like or a skirt, you know, like, well, you can't come back to church and you're a sinner and you're yeah. going to hell and you lost your salvation. Like, we can't be either one of those. Yeah. But we need to just, just stick to the word, and, and expose. Yeah. Expose the darkness. Yep. Um, mm. And and that starts individually. Like Paul's not describing how um, how we are to live corporately in a sense, but he is talking about, I think, from this this passage, it starts at the individual level. Mm. Um, all the way through 11 through 21, it starts at that individual level, um, speaking of that individual responsibility. Yeah. Um, and then that from that individual responsibility comes that, that corporate one. Mm. That's so good. So when you say corporate, you're talking about when... Uh Basically, when they're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual, right, 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 yeah, yeah, right, because everything, everything from eleven down, starts really looking. Um, it, it looks like he's talking. Imagine if he's just talking to you, right, right. Like, look carefully then how you walk, not as yeah. unwise but as wise. Make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Mm. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery. Be filled with the or but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing mm. then right now it goes into this corporate language where he's talking yeah. about others, other. addressing one another and mm. um, submitting to one another and, yeah. and everything else. So it looks really individual um, for those first few verses. So I think it starts individually and then it, it uh, bleeds over into the mm. corporate gathering, corporate community. So good. Yeah, I mean that that really is good because it, to go along with. Jared's, Jared's point of just like we turn off our own light, yeah, yeah, um, and we're we could be surrounded with lights around us. Um, it's just that like the to know that he's talking to a congregation is just like man, like he is wanting other brothers and sisters around us to challenge us and and to notice when our lights are off, basically. And um, so good, yeah. so good, the fullness. I just, I just want to say, we, um, it's almost like we treat life as if we've got boundaries around us. You know, I, I used to play golf a lot, so I think about it. And there's OB stakes, out of bounds stakes, all around. And you cannot, if you hit it there, you're out of play. You got to replay mm-hmm. from where you last played with two shot penalty, like the, it, as if God is presiding over life as if it's a course. And if we step over the line there, we're, we're punished with a specific set of penalties that's in, that's every, every time the same and standardized. And it's, it's like, we want to draw a line there. Mm. And, And then, but the reality is sanctification, holiness is not a line to be crossed. Right. Mm. And honestly, sin isn't. I mean, in a way, it is like we we know we cross the line. We've we've done, but but even that act of crossing the line, it's not a linear. Like you were you were perfectly in the light here, 
and then you were perfectly in the dark one step later. No, yeah. you were perpetually drifting into the dark oh, or yeah. just going into the dark. Yeah. So in, in both ways, sin and sanctification, it's not a line to be crossed. It's a journey in both directions. Wow, that's good. So for me, even sanctification, we expect it to be like, boom, I took a step. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm holy, right? right? Like I got my card. I can present it to God when I'm dead, I'm yeah. in. Wow, he has so much more than that. Right. Yeah. So when, when Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit and understand the Lord's will and make the best use of your time, like life and life to the full mm. is the offer for the one who's pursuing holiness. Mm. Like, and as we pursue holiness, which is not a line to be crossed and mm. a, and a, 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 a goal to attain, yeah. it's a life it's a life's journey mm. we will we will move from one degree of glory to another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and our light will perpetually shine brighter and we will be in effect moving the opposite direction from the out of bounds stuff in, until it's not even in view anymore yeah and so to me rather than tiptoeing around lines and like oh well you know I don't want to go to that church because they say drinking's bad. That's completely missing the point. Right. If if yeah. I got up there on on Sunday and talked about how bad drinking is, yeah, right, I'm missing the point. Right, right. be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pursue right. holiness. He has more. He has mm-hmm. so much more. Yeah. Look what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. He doesn't even like break sentence, but you uh, you're starting to see what it looks like when you're filled with the Spirit. You're addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, and then and then submitting. So so what does yeah. a, a person who is filled with the Spirit look like? Well, I, I think we have a pretty good <laughs> wow. look great. right here. That's, That's good. Great. And and I've said this before and we've we've talked about it, but when you when you sing God's praise in corporate worship, you are ministering to one another. That's yep. good. Right here. Singing songs to one another. Yep. Hymns. Um, and spiritual songs. Yep. I wish you would start greeting me with a lo- like a little, <laughs> like, like a little chorus of love. like a little chorus, All right. a little joyful yeah. chorus. <laughs> well, he was. He showed us his little hymn as he was yeah. locked outside. He didn't sing it. Oh, you're right. You're right. What if we all sang? You know? Yeah. And it, and it didn't matter if it sucked. Then, um, <laughs> boy, we would have to all walk around with like cotton balls in our ears. You know what I'm saying? Well, so so think about it. You asked a question earlier. Why do we why do we come into church with a mask? Well, why is it? Why yes. why because we we highlight one sin and not another. Right? Yeah. Because we draw these lines that Scripture doesn't wow. draw. Because so because good. we're we're worried about how it sounds. Like we yeah. in in the 21st. Like uh, Western church, like we have turned this into a consumeristic, dri- consumer driven, um, yeah, individualistic, church. yeah, individualistic yeah. church. What can I get? Well, it doesn't sound great to me, and and yeah, you like you want people to lead you well, but but yeah. when I say that, there are people who are like, oh, that means it needs to sound good. Mm. I mean, lead you well in singing God's praise, <laughs> not sound good. Wow. Um. And then, and then, like the coming in with the mask, like you started with, why? Because, because people don't have time. Mm. Because it's about us. Mm. Well, I got to go to lunch. Well, uh, I'm, I don't want to take up too much of his time. I know he's got this, this, and this going on at home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, like, 
we have we have twisted this, but when we look at, at everything here and we consider just an average Sunday, mm, do we right. have time to bring things to light individually? Mm, so good. And then corporately. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Man, well, Marcus has gave you guys a challenge. He has challenged me as well. <laughs> um, but, man, I, I love it. And I think that's all that we have for you guys. Um, God bless you. Grace and peace, family. We love you. If you don't have a church, we would love to see you at our church. Come on now. Come on. Uh, so that we can turn off the lights on you as you're entering <laughs> into the building. Yes. <laughs> We won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that's a true story. But uh, we love you.